everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Pew. Beyond the Pew. Pastor Eric Gill. Pastor Bruce Rosa. Pastor Eric Gill, MDiv. Pastor Bruce Rosa, Reverend, uh, Master in Arts. No, no, nope, that's not accurate. Yeah, what is it? It's um, Don't worry about it. You but do have a master. MDiv. Yours is an nah, MDiv. Nah, I mean, it's, it's nothing. So I should just call you a Greek and Hebrew scholar now. Nah, <laughs> call me a Spanish scholar. Espanol. Espanol. Okay. You know Spanish? Um, entiendo Espanol un poco. Oh, maybe we should do an episode in Spanish. We, I don't know that that would go well. Well, we do have listeners all over the world. In, in, all over the world. We have one listener in the DR. Do we? Nice. At least one time we did. Nice. Probably was me while I was down yes. there. Nice. Excellent. Excellent. The Listen, don't what episode is this? I believe this is episode 18. Nah, 17, I think. Mm, yeah. I think it's 18. Okay, 18. Yeah. Fantasy football? I think it's 18. I think it's 18. How are you feeling on your fantasy football? I feel great about yeah. fantasy football, better than you do, I'm sure. Really? Because I, I, we, why don't we just put this out publicly? Because I challenged you to a friendly challenge. Okay. And I said, hey, whoever finishes ahead of the other one in fantasy football wins, and you refuse to accept the challenge. So what does that tell you about your confidence in your team? No, listen. Put it out there I, for the listen, world. Listen, listen. I'm going to put it out there. I have confidence in my team, but at the same time, I'm not naive. This is my second year doing naive, fantasy you know football. You know my team. Woo. No, no, I'm confident, but I'm not going to bet my life it. on it. No, I get it. Well, <laughs> no one's betting life on it. Well, or my massage or beer. Yeah, well, yeah. it is what it is. Let me ask you, can I, can I, can, can I, can there be a disclaimer on when I grow my mustache? No. It, it does it have to be immediate? No, it has to be immediate. Yeah, see, that's a deal breaker. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. the challenge for those listening, in case anybody was wondering, was that uh, Eric and I would agree that whoever finishes ahead of the other person would win this challenge. And if you lose the challenge, you would have to just grow out your mustache for, was it a month or two, two months? months? Two months, two months, nothing yeah. but the stash. But the thing is, like, and two months for you with a stash is like a shadow, like a like a no midnight shadow. In like a day, in like a day, my mustache is in. No. Yes, absolutely. I'm an Italian, Eric. You're, so you're Italians, Italian. Wow. Italians grow wow. their mustaches very quick. Okay. But my what? my mustache. Is you really wanted to tell hey, everybody thing, if you didn't know, listen, Pastor Bruce Rose is Italian. Why are you jealous? Yeah, no, I'm saying there's a lot of jealousy and rage. No, you're just in your excited. Right I'm like, Italian. You're extremely jealous. <laughs> Two types of people in the world, Eric. Yeah. Italians and those that want to be Italian. Yeah, and nah. clearly you fall into the category nah. of wanting to nah, be Italian. I'm very you're confident you're and edge. happy you're on tilt right now for being Dominican. Of wow. Dominicano. You're like really upset. No, I, listen. Well, let's move on. So if you're so yeah. proud, why did you change your last name? I didn't. I, yeah, you're, talking, you're, I have no authority over that. Oh. Yeah, so what are you So why didn't about? you keep it Rosetti? Rosati. Oh, uh, same thing. Uh, but I, that is outside of my realm of control. Wow. I'm, I'm, my wow. family well, name is Rosa well, now, so... Yeah, very yeah. Hispanic. Yeah, if no, you ask it's me. Not. Yeah, there's a lot of roses Jelly. in the DR. You're a lot of jealousy. No, there's not <laughs> there's jealousy. There's a lot of jealousy coming out of there. I'm just speaking true. Listen, you're out here making statements that so there loud. are two types of people in the world. How loud? Two types of people in the world. Yeah. Those... Let it all... This is a safe place. Let it out. Go no, ahead. No, I'm, I'm just, I'm just shocked. Up inside of you. I'm just. We did this. A, a, I think this is a good segue to where we're going to uh, be talking today. Okay, how so? I don't know. So, so where are we going today? What, what is the what is the route we're taking today? Yeah. Pastor Eric Gill, MDiv, what, what's the route we're taking? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if you have been uh, watching or following the news, the Christian news, I guess, if yeah. you want to call it, you definitely have heard by now or should have heard by now about Matt Chandler. Yeah. And so, you know, we talked about early when we came out with this podcast that we wanted to talk about re revelant topics, things that are happening sure. in the church in the church world, but also in the culture. And But this being 
uh, something that is recent is obviously something that we should address. Yeah, no, that's know? something that I think, uh, you know, we've we've had a lot of, uh, I guess you could say, discussion that has been generated from what took place um, with Matt Chandler and the Village Church, and it was a difficult thing to watch. Um, uh, and so for those that don't know what's going on there, Matt Chandler is a pastor, um, speaker, author. He travels all over, mm-hmm. a very well-known individual in the evangelical world, but um, shared with his church this past Sunday that he would be taking a leave of absence because of, uh, um, I think the way it was worded was inappropriate online and whether it was relationship unguarded. or unguarded um, yeah. you know, messaging. conversation and messaging with, with another woman that was not his wife. So um, that obviously anytime anything happens in the evangelical world and pastors that are in a spotlight have anything as far as indiscretion that takes place, um, it is just magnified and blown yeah. up. And so a lot of people could ask the question of why even talk about it? Why not just ignore it? And yeah. It is important to talk about it because it generates conversation yeah. um, and revisiting some important things yeah. that we have to be thinking through as pastors, as uh, yeah. those that represent Christ. Um, and unfortunately, you know, it was a really difficult situation you know, yeah. for him at the Village yeah. Church in Texas. And, and just to clarify, the way that they came out and stated was that there was this this ongoing interaction between him and this other female. It was not by any means uh, sexual Correct. or inappropriate, is what yeah. they will say. They said that uh, it was more of uh, frequent and, uh, I guess, uh, uh, in with familiarity yeah the way he put it was it was too frequent and too familiar Familiar. yeah too frequent too familiar it was messaging online yeah and that and that both parties like uh, his his wife and the girls and the lady's husband they knew of it like it wasn't like they were hiding it per se correct correct but nonetheless they felt that this was something that was not wise for someone in his position Sure. Uh, he went to the elders, presented to them what was going on, and they decided then that's a way of responding to this, that it would be beneficial for him to take a leave of absence, like you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, and that's a hard thing, I mean, to watch. Um, you know, I've listened to a lot of Matt Chandler's sermons, have met Matt Chandler uh, in, at a, a festival one time where he just a very authentic well, guy. That's like just a casual drop right there. <laughs> that's not yeah. a casual drop. I was just speaking yeah, I to— I met Matt Chandler one time. N- no. Listen, I, just... I read a book from him when I was getting married, so— <laughs> I'm there. No, the story I was going to share about Matt Chandler of authenticity yeah. is I met him one time at a fe- at the live festival. Um, great festival, by the way, a music fest- Christian music festival. Have you festival. spoke there? Um, that's coming up. It's again coming up this coming, I believe it's July again because always in July. Are you teaching on it? And so, uh, <laughs> no. You no. should teach on it. And, uh, but anyhow, Matt Chandler was a speaker there, and so I had a chance to meet him along with uh, Mike Duma, Planning 539 Church. Uh, their launch, by the way, is the coming sun? up on September 18th. It's and uh, So anyhow, shout out to Mike Duma, Mike 539. Duma. But we met Matt Chandler there, and he had a conversation with us for, for a little while. And a year went by, and he was back at the Alive Festival a year later. And um, I wasn't there to, to see him again, but Mike was there. Mike went up to him and talked to him, and... He said, you probably don't remember me, but I, sp- I talked to you last year. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I remember you from last year. He's like, you were here. You were here with your pastor. And he said, like, the sh- shorter guy. Uh, that, that, uh, <laughs> and I believe he said shorter Italian guy is what he said. Nah, but uh, nah. he, he actually remembered, like, you know, conversation with us and meeting him. And just seemed like a real authentic guy, you know, when we, when we were there yeah. uh, speaking with him. And, and so he's done a lot as far as impact with people in the evangelical yeah. world. And uh, Acts 539, or um, Acts 39. Acts 29. 
I'm trying to think of the church planning network. I think it's Acts 29. Yeah, something in Acts. Church planning network. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where um, he's had a tremendous impact. So when anything happens with anybody who is kind of known, all of a sudden there's a freak out, right? Yeah. And, and people you know, say, oh, another, another Christian or another pastor, another evangelical pastor that's failed or another evangelical yeah. pastor that we need to look at and say, see, hypo- hypocrisy. Yeah. And that's such a hard thing as far as the testimony of Christ. But to set, again, uh, the importance of, of setting the record straight from what is coming out of the Villas Church, this was not an inappropriate sexual relationship of any kind. Yeah. It was not an adulterous relationship. Um, it sounds like it was a, a discernment thing is what it sounds like, that yeah. he was messaging a woman and his, his wife was fully aware of it. Her husband was fully aware of it, but it was too frequent, too familiar. So we look at that and kind of look at that as leaders within the church and even yeah. as Christians and say, okay, um, what can we learn from this? How can we grow from this? How should we respond to this? And, and those are questions I think we have to kind of yeah. process and tackle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and the, th- and the thing that's difficult about this topic is to, like, you know, we do live in a culture right now where that is celebrated. Like when someone, when a leader in a church falls, it is celebrated uh, in some aspects. Like, you know, people outside of the church that to justify some of their uh, reasons as to why they don't want to have any relationship with the church or Christianity, they'll look at people like them and say, look, these are your people that you follow and trust and look how they fail. Like you guys are just full of it. Uh, there's, you guys are hypocrites and, and so on and go on a spill of this, but uh, it's more than that, right? We will yeah. say that, 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 you know, it, it's unfortunate that that happens to those individual and there are reasons as to why they fall and, and what they did and how they did it wrong and all those things. But we also have to recognize too, that, you know, in some cases we do live in a culture where that is celebrated, sure. you know, and, and sadly, even in, within the church, you know, people within the church. Yeah. I'm glad that this person or, yeah, I, I just, what I thought it would eventually happen. It happened. Uh, yeah. this is, this was bound to happen as if we're wishing such thing on people. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's tough and, and, and it's heartbreaking. I mean, if you haven't watched the video, you should look at it. I mean, it is heartbreaking to see him standing before his church and just share the poor decisions that he made, you know, that's, that he will say the poor decisions that he made. Yeah. Yeah. You know? It's a hard thing. And I, I feel like, um, you know, his, his presentation of self before the church seemed very appropriate. I mean, he was broken over this, this, uh, indiscretion here. He was broken over what clearly he, he categorized as a lack of discernment. His mm-hmm. elders, you know, would characterize it sounds like as a lack of discernment. And, um, and you could tell he was really broken over that. Um, you know, he had mentioned from the pulpit, he was just embarrassed for, uh, his family and, and his, um, relationship with the Lord and, and what that means. And so uh, I felt like there seemed to be, and we don't know, we don't know someone's heart, but genuine brokenness yeah. and, and sorrow over what had happened. Um, and uh, he's going to be taking some time away, he said, from the teaching and preaching ministry there uh, at the church. And um, just to, to really focus in on, he clearly said to be discerning and to be um, you know above reproach. And, and I just felt like it was a, a healthy, it seemed like, time before the church to be able to share that and to confess that seems like he, he was very much in submissive to his elders and the authority that is there. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things from that coming out of it. I think that we can, we can be challenged by, but also yeah. we can see the benefits of. Yeah. Um, and so for me personally, looking at that, it's in, I don't know about you, but it was a great reminder of like, man, I, I really do have to make sure that I'm using discernment, not yeah. just as a pastor, right. But as a follower of Christ who has a testimony to a watching world 
but even more so as pastors yeah. in, in positions of leadership. We, we need to be con- consistently and constantly on our guard using discernment in our relationships, in our communication with people, and, and making sure that we're not doing anything that would bring into question um, you know, our purity or our commitment to the Lord or our desire to honor the Lord. And, and it's a great yeah. challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it is a reminder too, that like any of us can make that mistake, True. you know, for me to sit here and look at my challenge and judge him for everything he's done, it will be, uh, I will say stupid because yeah. I could be, I could have been in his place. You know, you could have been in his place. Any yeah. of us, if we're not guarded, if we're not careful, we can make that mistake, which is why it's so important for us to always have our guard up. Yeah, I mean, the Bible talks about it. You know, the lion, the Satan is out there like a lion looking who to devour. Yeah. devour. Uh, we are at war. We are in a culture that is uh, and that is in contrast with what we believe in the Bible. Yeah, and so we have to have our protections. We have to be guarded at all times. And when you're not, then. You know, things can start happening, and, and some things get worse than others, and, and it's just sad, you know? Yeah. Uh, now, the question that I have for you, Bruce, and someone that has been in ministry for so long, you serve a part of the elder board, so he's a part of an elder board at the church. He's, yep. he's also the lead pastor. So for what is sound, what he, what he, done, what he has done is not, does not disqualify him from being in the role of uh, of elder or being in the, the role of uh, senior pastor. I mean, yeah. there was nothing inappropriate that they said, according to what they have stated. There's sure. nothing inappropriate. There's nothing that they have said that it was sexual or anything in that matter. So if that is the case, why do you feel that they why, – why, why there should have been a need for them to come out before the church and do the thing that they did. Why did he need to take a step back from uh, being in a church role as he has been? Why not just deal with that internally if it doesn't rise to the matter of like, yeah, this had been infidelity. It has been a uh, sin issue here. Yeah. Because what it sounded what it was more along the lines of, yeah, it was not guarded. Be smarter, you know? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I think he he somewhat answered that question when he shared with the church that because he's in a position as a leader within the ministry, he is held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. And so um, because of his position of leadership, you know, and because this was something that was known to at least another woman because he was approached by a woman after service, almost confronted about this communication he had with this other woman— and it was known to a congregant, you know, he had shared in the process, he went directly to the elders and to the other lead pastor of the church and said, hey, this is what's going on. One of the congregants came to me, they, they challenged me about this communication with this woman. He opened it up, the messaging to all the elders to see, they read through it. They felt whatever was the content of those messages, don't want to speculate, don't want to act as though we know because we don't. But they felt that it was, and, and again, the words they use to describe it, of too familiar and too frequent, that it raised itself to the level of questioning his discernment in that relationship. And so because he, and he said this himself, wants to be held to a higher standard, and he should be as a leader, as an elder, and because the elders that are over him, serving alongside of him but over him, felt also that it would be appropriate for him to take a a step back 
um, and and also, you know, obviously he felt appropriate to address it to the church. Um, in a sense of accountability to the leaders that were over him, that's the route that they sought to take. And I, I feel like, you know, obviously um, it's a good reminder of the necessity of a plurality of elders, which is mm-hmm. a biblical model for leadership in the church. So, for example, if something in at Maranatha Bible Church were to happen with one of our pastors or one of our elders, there's an accountability there with the other elders that are in place um, that they would come to a course of action and decision. How as, many as elders leadership. do we have? We have 10 elders right now. Ten elders. And so there, there would be a, a accountability, a course of action that would be taken in, in the leadership. And so it would be one of those things that, um, you know, would be up to the discernment of that group of men. Now, I appreciate so much his response that he, he wants to be submissive to the leaders, and he also agreed with the leadership. I yeah. mean, he mentioned that yeah. he's in complete agreement with, yeah. with the route the leaders want to yeah. take, and he's submissive to that, which is, I think, a, a great revealer of his heart. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate that. And and really, that is a good example, I yeah. think, to follow. When something like this takes place, it's a good example to follow, that there's submission to leadership. There's been too many leaders that, um, with far worse scenarios, mm-hmm. um, that have not submitted to the leadership that is over them when, when they've wanted or expected of them to do something in repentance or in correction or whatever, and they've gone other routes. I mean, there's yeah. prominent leaders, yeah. and we're not here to throw anybody like in trample on them, but... Um, people could probably right away think of a couple prominent leaders that yeah. it seems as though, from what's been reported, they had a disregard for the leadership that was over them um, in repentance. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I would say as an elder or leader, um, what they did there, it seems to be appropriate. And, um, you know, if that were to be the case here, I would hope the same would be true, that our elders would give godly counsel, um, instruction. And again, even Matthew 18, when it talks about confrontation for sin, Anytime there's a, a presence of sin, the goal of any kind of confrontation, the goal of any intervention is restoration. Yeah. We want there to be repentance, we want there to be confession, but their goal ultimately is restoration. And and I would expect, you know, I don't know how long down the road, but that, that Matt Chandler would be preaching at the Village yeah. Church and leading again and, and using um, discernment and wisdom that God gives him as he leads yeah. um, because of, of his response in all of this. And yeah. I think it, it sounds as though from all that we could see, he responded really well. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I think that his response is, is, is rem- I don't want to call it remarkable, but it was a good response. Uh, and like you mentioned, you contrast it with people that we know and, and even not too far from us, right, Yeah, that have fell on major you know, that have done far worse, that have clearly done things that will disqualify them from being an elder or a pastor. And their response is not like his. It's more like, you know, I made a mistake, but God is gracious and I'm going to be back. Yeah. You know, hey, I made a mistake, but I'm also God's anointed. So who are you to judge me? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. so why well, didn't hear him say I made a mistake, but I was God's anointed. No, but but uh, might as well when, say that. When yeah, he, when he was, I mean, I think we have to we have to use discernment about not, and this is where I think a lot of pastors fall can fall into being the victim that they think of themselves more highly than they should. Correct, and and I think that's what we've seen with a number of pastors that have fallen or spiritual leaders in positions of leadership that have fallen is they they maybe have too big of an ego or too mm-hmm. big of a mindset about themselves, right? And so that's yeah. where, you know, humility was something that marked the life of Christ. Correct. And, and humility should mark our lives as as leaders, as believers. And so uh, we have to be on our guard that we don't allow any kind of 
honor or any kind of, um, you know, being well known to yeah. people get to get to your head because that's when we begin to think about self rather than the Lord, yeah. you know, and, and we have to be about what the Lord wants and not what we want. Yeah. And, and so I feel like these are good reminders when we see things happen within the church world. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people right away when they see anything happen in the church world, they just want to dive into that and, and they want to make a huge deal yeah. out of it. And they want to, they want to dwell on that. Yeah. And, you know, we, we don't know all the facts and information about anybody when, when things come up because we're not close to them. We don't know the truth. Yeah. We can only go based upon what we see. And, and so I think, again, it's a good reminder to be on our guard. It's a good reminder to use discernment. But it's also a good reminder that some things are not, the question isn't right or wrong, but is it wise? Yeah. You know, there are a lot of categories of things that we could say, well, does the Bible forbid this? Well, the Bible doesn't necessarily forbid it, and it's not necessarily even called sinful, but it would be unwise. And and using discernment, and in particular, if you're in a position of leadership, I mean, people who are listening, maybe you're teachers, if they teach in a classroom, or maybe they serve within the ministry and they teach children in the ministry, or they serve as small group leaders, connect group leaders, they're youth leaders, maybe they work in a field where they have influence as a coach, or they have influence over people. If you're mm -hmm. a boss at work, and you have employees that report to you, all different areas where people are in any kind of position of leadership, certainly parents that have kids whose kids are looking at them as leaders, it's a good constant reminder for us to, to use discernment and wisdom and not always asking the question, does God forbid this? Yeah. Because there's plenty of things that God doesn't necessarily forbid, and they're not necessarily in Scripture as thou shalt not, but they would not be wise things to do. They would not be profitable. And that's what Paul said, right? He said, whatever is, is profitable, whatever is honorable, whatever is noble, whatever is of a good report, if there's anything that we're going to think on and, and that's praiseworthy, we're going to think on and, and do these things. Yeah. And so we, we want to keep that at the forefront of our mind no matter who we are. Yeah, for sure. And I, and I think, too, as we wrap this up, that it is, too, you know, we, we, we talk about how everyone that is in a role of leadership in a church, like a pastor or an elder, we do have to have an understanding that, you know, we're, we're not that special. We're not special. You know, we're, we do what we get to do because of the grace of God. You know, sure. God could have used anything. But then he chose to use us, and that alone is just his grace, right? Yeah. But then beyond that, you know, as people within the church, you know, as observers, we need to remind ourselves not to look at pastors and 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 leaders as the people that we're necessarily following. You know, like our job is to be proclaimers of the truth. Our job is to show people to the truth. And and so if we do that right, if we do that well, then people are not looking at you or me, right? They should be looking at what we're teaching, what we're saying, right? So that if you and I make were to make a mistake, it's not like, oh, bruise and error. I couldn't believe you guys did that. Well, we are imperfect people. We will make mistakes, yeah. right? But we need to make sure that we don't I, idolize. How do you say that? Yeah, make an I, idol out of, of yeah, idolize out of, or make an idol out of. The leaders. The leaders. You know, we need to recognize that they are broken people as well, that they're in desperate need of grace, that they need to grow into relationship with the Lord, which is why we're not so trying to look at them for everything in the sense of, like, we want to be just like them. I mean, I mean, there may be some areas of remarkable, you know, areas to imitate. Paul talks about it, imitate me as I imitate Christ, sure. right? But the idea of, like, we sometimes idolize those people, and when they fall, our whole world just crumble. Yeah. And that shouldn't be the case. No, you know? I mean, that's where, you know, it, it bothers me when I read that people say, 
you know, I checked out of church and I won't be back to church because there are hypocrites there. Correct. They're absolutely correct. I mean, every single person that goes into a church is is guilty at times of hypocrisy. They're guilty of sin because we're all sinners, right? Yeah. Or when people say, well, I don't go back to a church because the pastor let me down. Well, the pastors are going to let you down. For sure. Right? It's not an excuse for pastors, but pastors are not, you know, Jesus. Correct. And, and so our motivation and our commitment to the body of Christ, the local church, is that it is God's plan is the local church, right? That's not our plan. It's God's mm-hmm. plan. And so our commitment to involvement with and, and desire to be in the local church cannot be foundationally based upon men. Mm-hmm. It has to be based upon God's word and the plan of God, which is the local church. And yeah. so um, when we see this happen, this does nothing when when a pastor and again I don't even I don't even believe Matt Chandler would fall into the category of a of a pastor who has grievous sin that's disqualified him from ministry. Yeah. But even when something like that happens, when there's grievous sin that disqualifies a pastor from ministry, uh, the pastor is not the end all be all reason for the, for anyone to be a part of the body of Christ to begin with. Right? Jesus doesn't change, Correct. right? He's completely holy perfect, upright, never fails, keeps his promises all the time. He's unchanging. God is unchanging. And so if our motivation for the local church is this is God's plan, this is the plan that Christ laid out, and he's unchanging, his plan remains firm, then independent of the individual that is leading or the individuals in that church, the local church is still God's plan, and, yeah. and so there should be a commitment there. So yeah, it's absolutely. important that we don't idolize, like you said, yeah. um, because we'll be let down. Yeah, for um, sure, we will be let down. For sure, and and you know, this is something that I think we have to keep at the forefront of our minds. Um, I think this is important, just in case anybody's like, "Well, yeah, it's great for pastors, whatever." But again, I think it's important to remember every single person who is a follower of Jesus Christ is called to be an ambassador of Christ, mm-hmm. a representative of Jesus. Yeah. And so if you are a child of God and you're a representative of Jesus, there's a responsibility day in and day out to be living that out as people watch you and look at you. Yeah. And, and that's a high calling yeah. and one that we're called daily to put on the armor of God. Mm-hmm. We're called daily to be sober and be vigilant. Mm-hmm. We're called daily uh, to let our light shine so people would see our good works and glorify our Father who is in heaven. Yeah. And so again, discernment and wisdom is an absolute necessity. Yeah. This is another reminder of that. Yeah, and just to wrap this up too, I will say, uh, make sure that when you see this, when you find this news, when you hear about this news, that you know that you do take the time and pray for your leaders, pray for your pastors, Absolutely. pray for the people in your church. That you know that any of us could, if in a moment of weakness, in a moment of not being cautious and not being careful, we are we could potentially, man, may say it like that, like yeah. we're not a, we're, we're not. It's not impossible, you know? And so to take the time to and recognize that you need to pray for your leaders, that you need to pray for for their protection, you know? Uh, but this is great, Bruce, and it's a tough, it's a difficult topic. And yeah, you hate to, you hate it when these two kind of things take place because yeah. it it can distract from the the purpose of the church. It yeah, can, it can distract from the focus of what should be preached and talked and, and represented by the church. And it's a distraction sometimes that gets magnified, but yeah. we don't we don't want to allow it to hinder yeah. right the work it, it, of Christ. It really, I mean, it, it, you you find yourself maybe questioning too like well now should i disregard everything i ever learned from my channel should i yeah. throw away all my, my answer books? That would be no personally yeah yeah personally, <laughs> but, yeah but, but uh, that yeah. happens it's like sure. and so it's it's tough waters and the sad thing is like 
unfortunately, more will come, yeah. you know? And yeah. so our prayer should be that it will not be us uh, or, in, you know, but unfortunately, that's the world we live in, a broken yeah. world that, it, that if you're not careful, you can make mistakes, Yeah, which and is I, why we need to be vigilant. Yeah, and I think it's a good reminder, again, for pastors, leaders, parishioners, people who go to church, churchgoers, believers— you're always representing Christ, mm-hmm. and, and that's just not in the church world. It's outside. Yeah. So yeah. with that in mind, we yeah. ask a question every week, Eric. Yeah. Do you know what the question is? Because nobody knows what the question yeah, is. Do you I'll, know what the question yeah, is? I'll, 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 I'll know the question, but do you know the phone number? I do. Yeah, what is it? It's 330-331-6453. Wow. wow. Spell it. <laughs> just kidding. But listen. 330-331-6453. First try. Listen, if you have any questions about anything, maybe it's yeah. something that we talk about today yeah. that you disagree or that you would like us more clarity, submit questions to that number. Yep. Uh, we would love to address them next time we get together. Indeed. Without further ado, guys, the question we want to ask yes. you is, what is your life looking beyond the pew? We hope it's honoring to the Lord. We'll see you next week.